Okay, the, this morning we'll be continuing through our study in the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Uh, if you had the opportunity this summer, we have obviously been going through the book and we're going through verse by verse, and today we're in verses 12 through 17 of Colossians. Probably one of my favorite passages in all the New Testament. And it goes like this, Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Now, now humor me this morning. Uh, I grew up in a traditional church, and I'm thankful for my roots. And we would often have a, a reading of the Scripture. So this morning, we're going to have a reading of the Scripture. And what I'd like us to do is to read this um, together, okay? So Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Now you're going to say, well, I have a different translation. Well, we got the translation for you. It's going to come up on the screen. At least I'm hoping so. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17 says this. Um, well, maybe I don't have it coming up on the screen. Uh, technology, you know. Well, let me just read it to you. Colossians 3, 12 through 17 says there's therefore... And it goes along with what Jonathan spoke on last week, what we're to put off. So therefore, you, you put this on, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. And then let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach, admonish one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Who are you and what are you wearing? Verse 12 specifically gives us what God wants us to put on as his children, what we're to wear. You know, uh, we have... Uh, 11 grandchildren, and for the first two weeks of July, most of them were in our home. And I will say, putting on this clothing was a difficult task for me many times. You know, I, I struggle at times to be gentle and kind, but I was reminded. But one of the cool things was my, my daughter, who's our youngest, uh, she has three boys, and she has a little four-year-old, and his name's Lucas. And I had the opportunity to see her in the morning, and she'd say something like this typically every morning to Lucas. Lucas, good morning. Did you sleep well? Come and give me a hug. And after she hugs him and gives him a kiss, she'll tell him how much he's loved, and then she'll say, go get dressed. And typically, she's one of those moms that kind of lays a lot of things out for her kids, and she said, okay, your, your clothes are in, the, in, in your room, so go on up and, and, and dress for the day. Get dressed. Put on the right clothes. And that's the, the, the idea of this section of Scripture here, what we're to wear as followers of Jesus. And, 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 and what's cool is um, we're, we're told here that this is clothing that looks good. And, and, you know, it's amazing what people spend on clothing. Uh, it's amazing what people spend 
<laughs> on remodeling sometimes, you know? It's amazing. You know, if, if you want to make money, uh, go into a, a field of where there's uh, health and beauty aids and how you can make the outward look better because you'll probably, you know, make a few dollars. But, but you know, all that's okay. I, you know, if you need a little makeup, it's, it's not a bad thing. I know the older I get, the more I like to put a little on. <laughs> if I start doing that, you can fire me. <laughs> I'll be okay with that. But seriously, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with taking care of the outer, but the inner is what God wants us to take care of. And he tells us what we're to put on as his children. In fact, let's call these qualities that we're to put on, and they're right here in the passage. And that first quality God wants us to wear, wants me to wear, is compassion. Another word for compassion would be mercy. And when you're a compassionate one, you're, you're one who has an attitude of, of tenderness. Um, and I remind myself often that God's shown me much tenderness. God's shown me much mercy. Therefore, I need to, to show mercy. Demonstrate compassion and care for others. You know, we live in a, a world where there's, there's a lot of mean, but there's not a lot of mercy. And we as followers of Jesus should be merciful, compassionate people. Because, you know, we're in a world that there's a lot of, of, of lonely people. There's a lot of, of wayward people. There's hurting people. There's, there's elderly that sometimes just don't have a connection with anyone. There's orphans. And, 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 and there's people who need compassion that are right on our doorstep. And sometimes we're just so busy with even our own stuff that we forget to be compassionate to one another. You know, we just have a team that returned from Jamaica yesterday, and they had a great opportunity to demonstrate compassion. And the cool thing I, I've experienced when I do show compassion, that, that I win, that I benefit with compassion, that I am blessed. And I'm sure that team that's just returned would, would, would tell you the very same thing. We're compassion. We're kindness. It's right in the passage here. Be kind and considerate. In fact, that kindness, that consideration is something that should be there despite our circumstance. And when we're kind, we're, we're ones that are putting grace in action. Kindness is just a sweet disposition. And it's a good thing to have. There's nothing like being around people that are kind, that just care. They're, they're not harsh. They're, they're not too busy. They're, they're, they're kind to the feelings of others. Kindness. It suffers with those who suffer. It struggles with those who struggle. When you're one that's kind, you pull in close to others. I love what Jesus uh, is said of him in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. This isn't on the screen, but I'll read it to you. It says, God raised up Christ. He seated him in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So, when you get dressed, you put on kindness. You, you, you put on compassion, and then there's a third 
idea that, that God gives us there, and that is humility. Humility. And uh, humility is one of those attitudes that if you think you have it, you don't. <laughs> it's not being high-minded. It, it, it's not being a, an arrogant, assertive person. And, and, you know, it's interesting. The world tells us a, a little differently that, that, that humility is, is really not a necessary thing. The world says, go sell yourself, you know, you know, you know be your best, speak up. But, but humility is, is a position maybe even you've done well financially. Uh, you, you've maybe done well uh, career-wise, and, and you even have fame. That's okay, but you still carry yourself in an attitude of submission. And, and I think sometimes we, when we get older, at least I'm experiencing this, we, we think we have more attitudes of entitlement. Well, the church should have more traditional music. The church should be doing this, or the church should be doing that. And, and you know, it's okay to have an opinion, but when there's an attitude of humility and thinking of, of, of submission through the process, you're denying yourself, and, and you're, you're, you're helping others in the process. <clears throat> when you're a humble person, you see yourself as an object of divine grace. And, and it comes when, when we learn to depend our, on the Lord Jesus and, and listen to the Holy Spirit as he, as he speaks to us and he guides us each step of the way. In Ephesians 4, we read this. And, and, and Ephesians and Colossians, there's a lot of similarities in, in Paul's writing. And, and he comes out and he, he reaffirms this idea of, of, of humility here. He says, as the prisoner of the Lord... I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. And then he covers some of the same things he does in Colossians here. Be completely humble and gentle and be patient and bear with one another in love. And he covers four of the same things, that, five of the same things that he mentions in Colossians, which is pretty cool when you think about it. And I notice that word completely. You know, be completely humble is what God's asking from us. And then there's gentleness mentioned in this passage. Gentleness. A, a person who's considerate. Uh, 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 an attitude of, of, of strength being brought under control. This is a person that, that, that's so disciplined in their words and their actions, that their timing is, 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 is just perfect. They, they're, they're courteous people. They, they, they've learned to, to let the, the strength God's given them be, to be brought under control. Gentleness. Another word, some of your translations might say meekness. Uh, you want the right thing to be done. The gentle person dies to himself and does the right thing. In fact, I've seen gentle people, they step in, they, 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 they help, and even when evil's being done, they'll stop the situation and correct it. 
And they'll do it in such a way that it's, it's, it's done to where there's help being offered, not hurt. Truly gentle people bring their attitude and their actions under control. And then there's one on the list, too, that we need to talk about, and that's patience. It's right in the passage. Um, and the idea of this word patience here is wrath that is put far away. Uh, they're a person that doesn't lash out and doesn't express their anger in a way that it leads them to sin. You know, anger is something that's an emotion God's given us. We see Jesus demonstrate anger in the New Testament, but he doesn't sin when he's angry. And, and that's the key. That's the part I haven't figured out yet. When I get angry, I typically lash out and hurt and attack. But the attitude Jesus wants us to have as we stand firm is to be patient through the process. So God tells us here to put on these five things, these five qualities, these, these five articles of clothing. And then he goes and he kind of starts wrapping it up. There's actually more than five, but I, but I list those. Well, there's one more I list here for you, and then I move it to the other two and in the next point. But that, that, that fifth idea here is, is that idea of, of forgiveness, of forgiveness. Bear with each other, verse 13, and forgive. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, I learned this idea of grievance. Um, I grew up in northeast Ohio, and one thing in that area that I grew up in, it was a strong union community. And... Uh, the, the union was very, and I don't say this as a negative or a positive, I'm just being the mayor, <laughs> just being diplomatic, but, but, but the strong union idea infiltrated into the, the church. So there were times I'd be in certain meetings, and uh, the, the facilitator of the meeting would say, okay, let's hear your grievances. So I'd share my grievances, and then they'd say to Fred, who was in the meeting, Fred, well, let's hear your grievances. And, and that was kind of how they sought to reconcile situations. They would just throw the whole idea out on the table, which maybe it's not a bad thing as long as these fruits of compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience are in there. But, but that was just kind of how they solved their grievances because the Bible says if you have a grievance, and we do have, there's just things at times that get in the way of life. People you work with, people you live with, you know, they, they, they just happen. We, we have stuff that comes up. We're, we, we all come at things different ways. But God wants us to, to wear this idea, wear this teaching here to, to bear with one another. And, and when there's a struggle with each other, put on forgiveness. You know, let those grievances die because of the, the cross. And, and never forget that we, we rub people the wrong way. There's things I'm sure about me that just annoy you at times. But you know what? I feel the same about you guys. <laughs> it's just kind of the way it works, you know? We just kind of, you know. But, but you know what's cool? I, I, I'm still married. It's been 38 years because there's just different things that 
will just kind of come up at times. In fact, this is an interesting thing. I've already done it twice this morning because my wife got up early. She'll get up in the morning, and uh, she'll make her tea, and then she'll wrap that tea bag up. This is no lie. She'll wrap it up and wring it out in the fork. She uses a fork, not a spoon for some reason. And then she'll just leave it right there on the counter. And it'd take her all of 1.5 seconds to take it and throw it in the trash. But you know what? I'll get up and see that tea bag. And, you know, first 30 years of marriage, I said, what's wrong with you, woman? What's so hard about throwing about the tea bag? Boy. And uh, I've just learned to just throw it away. So I say that because she's not in here. And I say that because it's just I like the counter clean in the morning. And uh, it's just frustrating. And I, there's things about me, I'm sure, that it probably frustrates her that I do that. And if you'd ask her, she's, well, I'd probably use that tea bag in a couple hours. She ain't going to use that tea bag. Okay. But, but the thing is, for, I don't even know why I'm, I'm mentioning that right now, but it's, <laughs> it's here. We, we have flaws. We, we have struggles. And, and I, that's the beauty of a, a church that has, has harmony and, and, and peace and direction. You know, we've learned to just kind of put up with each other, warts and all. Old preacher friend of mine in Ohio used to say, you know, we're all out of the same mold, but some of us are moldier than others. <laughs> and that's true, right? So, again, uh, follow forgiveness. And, again, Jesus, what, what a great passage, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgive each other, just as in Christ Jesus, God forgave you. It's the right thing. We've been forgiven much, so forgive much. So we, we look at all these put-ons, and then there's one I've left as a, a separate category because I feel like that got to be a long point. So, so verse 14 pulls it all together and says, and you put this on, you'll really be effective as you dress. You'll look good as you dress. And that is, over all these virtues, put on love. That binds them together in perfect unity. Love pulls it together. It's a great quality for us to have. It's a great ministry for families, for, for, for offices, for churches, for community leaders to put on love. Put on love. And love is an attractive ministry in the lives of others. And, and I'll tell you, God demonstrated his love for us. Romans 5, 8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love. And, you know, the Bible talks about love. And, and, and there's different types of love that I just remind us of this morning. I'm sure you've heard this before, but there's an eros love, which refers to a physical love, uh, a sexual love. Um, this concept we see in, in the New Testament is expressed in 1 Corinthians 7. It's expressed in Hebrews 13. And, and it's, a, it's a good part of, of relationships when you're married, that physical part, okay? And then there's phileo love, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's where we, they get that 
uh, town being named Phileo, Philadelphia, which if you've ever been there, it's not a really brotherly love place. They throw snowballs at Santa Claus. If you remember way back from the Eagles game, Rodney, you were probably there throwing snowballs, weren't you? But the, but the idea is that that's a brotherly love. It, it's important to have that when it's genuinely there. And, and it's a love that, that, that Jesus had for Lazarus when he talked about him being his brother. But then there's agape love, and that's selfless love. And that's the love that's talked about in Romans 5, 8 and in 1 Corinthians 13. And that's love that's John 3, 16. For God so loved Gary. God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's selfless love. That's love that, that, that gives without an expectation of, of, of getting back. It's a good love. It, it's, it's as simple as just throwing away that, that tea bag without chirping about it. Yeah, that's, that's what it's been. And that's a simple thing. You say, but that, that's, that's my major issue in marriage. <laughs> I'm lying now, too. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. <laughs> Let people up. They'll know that we're followers of Christ by our love. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness. Put on love and then choose peace. Look at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And then it says, and be thankful. Peace comes when we're secure in Jesus when, when, we, when, we, when we know whose we are and that he loves us. You know, many of you know our friend Harold Poe, and he's in a season where he's not doing real well physically. But I had the opportunity to visit him uh, two weeks ago, and, and he said something really cool when he was talking about peace. He said, you know, it matters to Jesus that he gives us peace because the peace he gives us is real. And you're really like, wow. You know, and here's a man who's a, who, who's in his health uh, season is, is, is not well, but, but his attitude is God's peace is real. real. God's peace is strengthening me. It's, it's sustaining me. It's, it's delivering me. It's guiding me. It's providing for me. So choose peace. And again, therefore, being justified by faith, Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus. That idea of peace here is a peace that comes because we have a relationship with him. And it comes when we're following these qualities that he just mentions in verses 12 and 13. Peace. You know, there's a, a little word right after peace that's, that's worth mentioning. And that's that idea of, of rule, R-U-L-E. And I researched his word a little bit, and it describes an umpire, an umpire who's deciding the outcome of, of an athletic contest. And what it's basically saying is, let the peace of Christ rule, let the peace of Christ umpire your life, and then you'll have a good resource in decision-making. When we face a choice, you know, it's helpful to be considerate of does the peace of Christ come from us making that choice? And will the peace of Christ guide us as we seek 
to abide in him. So, so that idea of, of, of letting peace umpire our hearts, it, it helps us be, the, be able to decide through situations, through circumstances we're dealing with. It, it, it really helps us play the Christian life correctly. And, and umpires are, 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 are great moderators of, a, of an event. And, and, and God wants that peace to be the moderator of our lives. A couple verses on peace. I just like to throw these at you. It says this in John 16. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. He'll keep in perfect peace, Isaiah says, those whose mind is steadfast because they trust in you. Or the old King James translation, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So peace. Choose peace. And, and it's cool because notice it says peace here. Uh, and that peace that, that, that comes will lead to a thankful heart. So thankfulness uh, goes together with peace. And, and God wants us to be gracious, thankful, blessing-counting people. In 1 Peter 3, we read, they must turn from evil, do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. And I just throw that out there because it reminds me, Gary, be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Peace is essential as we walk close as a follower of Jesus. It gives us God's will. Never lose your peace. Stay connected to him. There's still a couple more parts to this message that I want us to consider. And that next thought that we see in verse 16 is that idea of choosing the word. Choosing the word. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Now, the idea of this book we've learned is the supremacy of Christ, the supremacy of Jesus, right? And, and this is the only place in all of the New Testament where it talks about the word of Christ, about Jesus being the word of Christ. See, the, let the message of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell among you. Let, let the word of Christ, and I think that's kind of cool because it fits along with the whole theme of, 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 of Colossians. And it, and it uses the word richly here. You know, and that idea of richly is get down deep into the Word of God. Don't just get a little nugget from time to time. You know, richly bask in the truths of God's Word. Let, let the Word of Christ, let the Word of God be so rooted in our heart that, that, that when we get squeezed, compassion comes out, kindness comes out, gentleness comes out, humility comes out, patience comes out, forgiveness comes out, bearing with one another comes out. You see the idea? So, so the Word of God, and, and when we get the Word of God deep in us, we react quickly. When that person pulls out in front of you right as you leave here, I got the Word of God in me. Praise Jesus. You drive well and don't get in a wreck. You know, that's loving God richly. Choose the Word. I've hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119 verse 11. And you know, it's kind of cool because then Paul goes in and talks about psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit. 
And, and these songs that just cause us to, that lead us to gratitude. And, and, and that's what the Word of God does. It, it leads us to singing. Have you ever been around people that are so filled up with Jesus? You know, they're just singing all the time. They're singing as they go through the halls. They're, they're singing and they, they have an attitude of Jesus because the Word of Christ has changed their life. And then the last thought to all this is found in verse 17. Do it all in the name of Jesus. Do all in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do, Gary, okay, put your name in there too. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. You know, we don't pay a whole, whole lot of attention to names like maybe we used to. I know back in early Bible days, you'll see name changes. And, and that name represented something. And, and what's cool is if you, if you hold the name Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know, your name is significant. It, it, it matters. You know, one of the ministries that, that our church has the privilege to support is called One More, One Less Project. It's a ministry that's been birthed for several years, and it's a, it's a ministry that our church has really bought into, which is really special. And uh, many families are currently fostering and some seeking adoption. And really, it's all because of, of Colossians 3.12, because of compassion and kindness and gentleness and, and patience. You know, you're living that out. But, but our son has had the privilege of adopting uh, uh, three kids and one more soon, I hope. And, and one of those kids is Cervante. And, and if you look on the screen here, that's my son in the middle. And the little boy holding the football, that's their biological son. And then the boy on his shoulders is Isaiah. And they, they brought him home from the hospital. And he was a ball of fire, and he still is. And he's in my yard all the time. I put a fence up. <laughs> I didn't yet. But, 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 but Isaiah is, is adopted. And then Cervante. And they got Cervante, and this makes me emotional. They got him at 10 years old. And uh, after about 16 months, they were able to adopt him. And, and he became Cervante Marburger. And uh, he took our name. And, uh, and I'll tell you what's cool about this. And I'm not making this up because I try not to lie. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Um, but when he took our name, it, he, the lights seemed to go on for him. And he became, that's my uncle. This is my brother. And uh, he even took Jeff's middle name. So his name's Cervante Stephen Marburger. And our names matter. And, and to him, and I, I don't say this to bring glory to anybody but Jesus. There's security, there's hope, there's life change, really because of a name change. So realize that our names matter. If we hold that title, follower of Christ, Christian, live out Jesus. Your name matters. Your name makes a difference. Let your words and your works bring glory to his name. Application. We are holy and love children of God. Remember that. Quint McCoy will always say, Jesus loves you, and you know what? He does. 
Dress for success. Put on the clothes God's laid out for us. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. While truly bearing with each other, forgiving each other, and above all, loving each other, which binds all these qualities together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can choose your ways. And yet we're reminded, Lord, whose we are. We're your chosen people. And Lord, because of that, you want us to to dress well. You want us to wear these truths that you give us in your word well. You told us what to put on last week. And this week, you tell us what to put on. So help us never forget that we are children of the King. And whatever we do, may we do it all in the name of Jesus. Because his name matters. Lord, we love you. We praise you, Lord, that we can battle up and live out truth and be what we're called to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Just a reminder, if you could exit out these side doors. And if you're in the cafe, that side door there. Thank you.